Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the May 5th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have lots of stuff to talk about as normal. First of all, we wanted to let you know that if you missed April's free class, because it was early this month, and we did that on purpose, because we wanted to make sure you were able to take advantage of all the cool resources that are currently available for free. Now, we don't think the resources themselves will be going away anytime soon, so don't worry about that. But the fact that they're free probably will in the near future. Some of them particularly already have dates at which time they'll be going back to being paid resources. So you want to take advantage of those very quickly, and in fact... By the time this podcast comes out, many of them will probably already no longer be available for free. It just depends. But there's a lot of cool stuff you can check out, and a lot of the information that we gave and suggestions that we provided in class are really relevant for any time, particularly in this surreal time, but of course, any time, they're good suggestions. And the resources are all very cool, so we hope you'll check them out. And the class is now up and available on our free downloads page. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can access it. And we hope you enjoy it. It's just a huge list of resources. As soon as I had the opportunity, and admittedly, guys, I don't know when that's going to be, but I do promise to attempt to put links directly in the notes for the download so you can go directly to these resources. But it's going to take me a little bit of time to do that because we're mid-huge project that we can't talk about. So when that is calming down a bit and I have a little more time, then I will take a couple hours and get that done for you guys so you can see the resources from there. But they are all in the class. So... If you're looking for a website and we don't directly give the URL, type it into your favorite search engine of choice and you should be able to easily find it. You know what I like to do other than browse the internet? What? I like to read email, sort of. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes. Sometimes, (laughs) depending on the email. Depending on the email. I have recently switched from Thunderbird to Outlook and recently was within the past year. And I have a love-hate relationship with Outlook, as the majority of people do. And this is Outlook, not Outlook Express. So this is the office version that comes with Word, Excel, and that. But one thing I like to do is I like to make my Outlook just a tiny bit different from somebody else's Outlook, maybe Kim's Outlook or what have you. And to do that, I like to add Outlook extensions that can add kind of like extensions in a web browser, other features that aren't native to Outlook itself. I'll give you a perfect example. When Kim and I correspond with people, we often CC or BCC a group of people that may have to be part of that conversation moving forward. And one thing that some of us do I know I've done this myself, is instead of pressing Control-Shift-R to reply to all, we make a mistake and we press Control-R and that leaves the other five people or ten people or two people off because you've replied directly to the sender and not everybody in the thread. Which leads to mass confusion. (laughs) Yes, it can. And one thing that I like is to be warned if I know that I'm going to make such a mistake. Because again, you don't want to resend, 
You don't want to, you know, do those kinds of things when you're having to include other people. So there's an extension that I recently discovered called Bells and Whistles, and it's Bells and Whistles for Outlook, and it adds lots of features to Outlook. Here's another example. If you have to resend an email to somebody, maybe they didn't get it, you can go to your sent folder, you can bring up your context menu, and you can either send or edit and send. So it gives you two options. So you can just send the message, and it just goes happily, sends the message. And edit and send does exactly what that does. It will allow you to edit the message and then send it. So I've found that quite handy. So if you've already sent it, it drafts a new version of the message and then allows you to re-edit it? I'm a little confused by edit and send. That's exactly what it does. So let's say you forgot someone. You can say, oops, sorry, Charlie, totally forgot you. <laughs> I'm putting you in this message and here's the message below. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's exactly correct, yes. All right. So it has those kinds of features. And one thing that we love about it is accessibility. We always like accessible ways of doing things. I'm going to take you on a little tour of the configuration options of this specific extension. I'm in Outlook and I'm going to go to the ribbon. I'm using JAWS with the Zoe voice. I've decided to use her for a little bit because I kind of like her. So I'm going to go to the ribbon. Upper ribbon, ribbon, home tab. And now I'm going to go to the right. Send slash receive tab, view tab, help tab, bells and whistles tab. And there's bells and whistles. Now if I tab. Bells and whistles, options button. There's bells and whistles options. If I hit the space bar. Space. Leaving menus, leaving ribbons, bells and whistles options dialog, OK button. Now we're on OK button. There's one thing that I don't like about this specific interface, but it's nothing that's a big deal. You have a bunch of categories, if you will, kind of like the options within Outlook. You have your general, your mail, and your down arrow to any one of those. In this extension, if you down arrow, it takes you to the OK button, and you have to tab off every single time just to change the category. It's kind of annoying, but it's not a showstopper, especially with a lot of these options. You would set it and forget it. Cancel button. Bells and whistles options list box, mail, one of five. So do you shift tab to get back to that because it lands you on OK? You could do either way. Okay. I just tabbed. So now I'm going to continue to tab. These options are grouped in profiles that will be applied to messages depending on recipient's combo box. Here's a list of groups or profiles that you can pick from. So if you want specific configuration options to work for specific email addresses, for example, you can do that. And the first one is everything. Win 10 at win10.groups.io, 2 of 20. So I just hit the down arrow key and it said the email address of the Win 10 users group. I'm so a little on, confused about what you meant by the first one is everything. If you install this thing and you're not doing multiple groups, the word is everything and it says one of one. By default, because this is so customized to me, by default when you tab into this profile section, you only have one and it's called everything. I decided that I didn't want to just use everything as just a single profile, so I checked a box that's coming up where it can say use multiple profiles. So of course, mine's a little bit more complicated possibly, but this is just to show you the types of features that this one Outlook extension actually has. Manage button. So I can manage the profiles. 
Now I'm going to tab. Auto number replies with the counter checkbox not checked. So this is an option that says automatically number replies. I've seen this back in the early 90s to mid 90s where it would say one, three, five, seven, depending on if you replied to a specific thread or not. So it would add a number to that thread. I don't think it's used much anymore, but it is there and it does it within the subject. Set format to checkbox not checked. I can set the format to a specific, maybe I want to set it to HTML or text or whatever. I can do that by the specific email address. Include a list of original attachments checkbox not checked. Some of the stuff I'm not sure what it does, so we're going to skip it. Include attachments from original message checkbox checked. Automatically put people I reply to in checkbox not checked. So again, these are options that you can uncheck or check, but there's quite a bit in here. Exclude my own Outlook accounts from to slash CC fields when replying to all checkbox not checked. Insert greeting checkbox checked. This is the kind of neat thing that I like. You can insert a greeting. So it can say hello so-and-so or good morning so-and-so instead of you having to type it in. And what's really nice is when you do that reply, it puts your cursor underneath it so you don't even have to move. You can just start typing your message and then send. Greeting settings button. And there's greeting settings. Let's hit space here. Space. Greeting settings dialog. Greeting text by time period radio button checked. Three of four. So greeting text by time period, which is good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, or at least good evening. And then you can have it insert the person's name. Greeting text list view. Not selected 0 hundred hours 1159 good morning. One of three. That tells you what they are. Greeting text add button. You can add greeting text. Greeting text modify button. Greeting text remove button. Name add receivers radio button checked. One of two. That's where it gets its name from. Name greeting settings combo box. First name. One of three. So you could do first name, first name, and last name. Name if possible. Use Outlook contacts nicknames checkbox checked. Name if there is no name for the reply address. Use checkbox checked. Name the following greeting edit. Hello. Formatting after greeting. Use the... F so I'm going to hit escape. Escape, bells and whistles, options, dialogue, greeting, setting. This is just to show you a little bit on what some of the things that you can do. So I'm going to tab. Add date stamp, checkbox, not checked. Add time stamp, checkbox, not checked. Add tracking ID into message subject, checkbox, not checked. Insert tracking ID into message body, checkbox, not checked. Insert disclaimer, checkbox, not checked. So you can add a disclaimer if you've ever seen those where it says, if you've received this email via blah, 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 you can do that. Insert signature, checkbox, not checked. You could insert a signature, so you can actually signature switch depending on what email address you're actually sending to. Add these recipients, checkbox, not checked. Attach the following files, checkbox, not checked. Use reply to address, checkbox, not checked. Request red receipt, checkbox, not checked. Send it from this account checkbox checked. Override from address checkbox not checked. Combo box. Magic Castle. Three of four. So I'm actually in a profile and it's a send from this account. So if you've ever done this, and I'm sure we've all done it, where you have multiple accounts configured in your email client and you send an email message to a specific, maybe a work colleague or something like that, and you send it from your personal address. Yeah, I did that recently. Very embarrassing. Yeah, sometimes that can be kind of embarrassing. And when you send the message, you're asked, or you can be asked, it's a feature you can turn on or off, where you can pick the account, and then there are two checkboxes. One is use this account for just a specific email address, 
or use this account for a specific domain. So let's say, for example, that you email us all the time and you want it sent from a specific address. You would check the checkbox for your specific domain. So if you emailed either Kim or Chris, you would be using whatever email address or whatever email account you wanted to have set as default for that domain, which is kind of nice as well. Again, it goes back to the whole business aspect. You're sending to a group of people, maybe five or 10 contacts from a specific domain. You're not gonna accidentally email them from another address. Ask me what account to use before sending the email checkbox not checked. Create mail merge from each BCC address checkbox not checked. Compress outgoing attachments if bigger than checkbox not checked. Enable options per Outlook profile checkbox checked. OK button. Cancel button. Bells and whistles options list box. Mail. One of five. So, so show us the other four option categories that we've got here just so we have an idea. Exactly. And if you notice, that was just in the mail category. Yep. So there's four more. Let's just see what they are so people will get an idea as to what else they can do here. OK button. So I hit the down arrow key. Now we're on the OK button. This is what I was talking about. Oh, I understand. So even though you're in that list, it won't show you the it other moved me. Oh, right. Yikes. So now I'm in a tab. Cancel button. Tab again. Bells and whistles options list box. Alerts. Two of five. Let's take a really quick peek at alerts. We're not going to stop at every single option, but let's just scroll through here real quick. New checkbox checked. Reply checkbox checked. Do you want alerts for new replied? Forward forwarded. Check Alert on missing attachment as checkbox not checked. Alert on attachments bigger than checkbox checked. This alert trigger if at least one of the following words is contained in the email message edit. 5. Notify me to reply to all addresses checkbox checked. This is what I was talking about, the notify me to reply to all messages. So what it actually does is if Kim and I are going back and forth and there's five other people in the CC field, if I press Control R, I'm going to be told. Do you want to reply just to her or to reply to everybody else? And then you just tab through and it's very accessible. And then if you want to just reply to the one person, you just reply to the one person. If you want to reply to everybody, it puts them back in the CC field. So it helps you from making that kind of mistake. Alert on replying to automated messages checkbox checked. Edit www root mailer demon donut reply robot newsletter postmaster. So that's kind of cool. Actually, it can alert you if you're replying to an automated message. Alert on messages with more than checkbox checked. Edit 10. Alert on blank message subject checkbox checked. Alert on messages written in all caps checkbox checked. So that's a good one. You don't want to be screaming at people on the other end of your message. That's just screaming not at people. What does screaming that mean? Screaming at people yes. in all caps. Yep. So when you write a message in all caps, it it's will... It's very impolite. <laughs> it's very impolite. Sometimes people's feelings will get hurt because you're yelling totally. at them. Yes. Enable options per Outlook profile checkbox checked. OK button. Cancel button. Bells and whistles options list box. Alerts. Two. So now we've got the alerts and we're just going to down arrow and see the other categories. OK button. Now we're back to the OK button. Cancel Bells and whistles options list box. Notes, three of five. So you can do notes per email, down arrow. OK button. Cancel. Bells and whistles options list box. Outlook tweaks, four of five. There's Outlook tweaks that you can do. OK button. Cancel. 
Bells and whistles options list box. Troubleshooting, five of five. And there's your troubleshooting. So those are your five categories. So if I'm interested in learning more about this add-on, where do I go, how do I get it, and how do I install it? You install it like you would any other extension or any other application. It has an installer that will actually install it into your Outlook. You go to outlook-apps.com and you can check out Bells and Whistles. How much is it? It is... $29, and you can install it on two PCs. Is that a one-time cost? I think it's a one-time cost, but you can upgrade. You don't have to upgrade. So it's not a continuously upgrading process where it's like $29 a year. You could have it do that if you wanted to keep it up to date. But if you want it just for a one-time shot, you don't have to pay for it every year. Do you get a free trial or anything? You do. So you can try it for free. One thing I will note about it, when you install it, it brings up a window in your browse mode buffer for your screen reader of choice. And you want to go down to the bottom of the page and there is a link that you have to press enter on and then it will load the extension. And you have to do that every time you close an open Outlook while it is a trial. So once you activate it, that annoyance goes away. But it's something to keep in mind. I found that out the hard way because I just kind of hit the close link thinking it would load. And I'm looking in the ribbon and I'm looking all over for Outlook in the Outlook settings to find the configuration options and it just wasn't working. So you have to do that. There are other links on that quote unquote window, if you will, where you can buy it. I think that's the first image link. And then the second image link is how you would enter your registration. But once you get past that window, you're fine. But you've got to remember, go down to the bottom, go up, and it's the first link from the bottom that you want to enter in order to move on. And you'll know that it worked because you'll get a tip of the day dialogue that comes up that you can turn off should you wish to. Let's talk a little bit about the new iPhone SE that just came out. And for those that are interested, this is a lower cost iPhone with some of the guts of the iPhone 11. So what Apple has done for all intents and purposes is they've taken the body of the iPhone 8, the 4.7 inch iPhone 8, And they have put the guts or the most of the guts of the iPhone 11 into the iPhone 8's body. And this is the iPhone S as in Sam, E as in Echo, 2020 version. By saying partial guts, I mean you get the processor and the inner workings of the iPhone 11. You don't get Face ID. And your camera, you don't get the dual cameras. So your camera is not as quote-unquote good as the iPhone 11. But it's very, very usable. I used it with Ira earlier today because I had them help me do something and it was fine. It was beautiful. I think it's a 12 megapixel camera. For the price of the iPhone SE, you're getting a really good deal. Don't they say something too? Aren't they complaining in some quarters about the screen resolution beginning to get really old and pixelated or something on the SE 2020? Well, because they're using the screen of the iPhone 8, the iPhone 8 is a three-year-old product, and the screen isn't the latest and greatest technology is really what it boils down to. 
and some of these reviewers, you know, are people that are reviewing the iPhone 11 and they're comparing it to the iPhone 11, if that kind of makes sense. I still giggle at the fact that these are, quote, budget phones and they're like, what, 600 bucks for the most expensive one or 599 or something. It's like 549 or something like that, I think. It just makes me laugh. I mean, 549 for a budget phone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I ended up getting a deal from T-Mobile, so I traded in my three-year-old iPhone 8 for the new SE. He did this on a Saturday and got it on Monday. Yes, it was quite amazing, actually. Yeah, within like 48 hours, he had the phone. I was quite impressed, actually. I'm like, oh. He talked to a nice guy named Sam from Texas, and Sam walked him through the process. It was really nice. I was on FaceTime listening to his call, and it was just a very nice, seamless process. It seemed really straightforward. He was only on the phone like 20 minutes, and it was done. Yeah, and some of the really, really nice things about the iPhone SE, I am noticing a speed difference. Woohoo! Very, very noticeable speed difference. Cool. I am liking the fact that my case for my iPhone 8, my tempered glass screen protector with my speed dots on it, I just peeled it off the iPhone 8, put it on the SE. Beautiful. So which screen protector slash cases will work with the new SE? Any case that I'm understanding, any case that worked on a 7 or an 8. That makes me very excited because like you, I'll be able to use my cases which is and screen protectors, which is awesome. Right. The nice thing about it, though, is if you're thinking about this, you're not wasting your cases. Well, exactly. And that's what's nice. If you already have cases you love, which I do, I love the one I have on my 7 currently. I can just have it be adopted onto my SE 2020. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get the tempered glass screen protector off of the old phone and successfully put it on the new phone just because you're taking the adhesive off and it just worked beautiful so far it hasn't fallen off it's been on for i don't know 24 hours almost or something close 36 hours or something like that i don't even remember but it hasn't fallen off yet if i didn't know yesterday like if somebody came over to my house sunday took my iPhone 8 and did the transfer took everything put the new SE into my case and everything and handed it back to me, I would not be able to physically tell the difference, which is kind of cool. Especially since you have a home button on both. Yes. So you're setting this up exactly like you did your 7, your 8. No difference, really, in terms of the feature set that you have on the phone, the hardware piece of the phone. Right. It's basically giving you more life to your phone because you're getting the processor of the iPhone 11. Which, if I remember correctly, when the original SE came out, it was the guts of the 6S. Now, remember one thing, though. You're not getting the battery life of something like the 11 because your phone isn't that big. (laughs) So that's been one complaint that I've heard regularly labeled. That's one complaint that I've heard regularly leveled at the SE2 is battery life. So what are you seeing so far in terms of that? Well... I saw it drop a few percent. Let me see what my percentage is. Camera, 53% battery power, not charging. Status bar item. Yeah, I'm at 53%, but I've been on FaceTime. I've been doing things with it already this morning, but I've also been up since 3.30. So let's see. It's past 9.30 now, so you've already been using it for about six hours. Yes. Well, that's pretty good. That might get you through the day. I know that's been one of the major complaints I've heard about the SE2 is battery life, which I'm a little concerned about, so I'll be anxious to 
hear your experiences as you continue playing with it. But I think the longer you have it, the less you're going to... Like right now, you're setting things up. You're getting things the way that you want them, you know. I don't know, though. That really only took you like 20 minutes because you did the iPhone to iPhone setup thing. And it was awesome. It was really cool to watch because even your passwords got moved over when you did the data transfer. Yeah, everything really got transferred over. My email accounts were there. I didn't. The longest the... thing it took him to do was put his credit cards back into Apple Pay. <laughs> exactly. And the cool thing, too, is it said, would you like to use the new watch with your iPhone? I mean, it just totally brought everything over. It was really, That really... makes me very excited for when I transfer things because it was just such a seamless experience. Really excited about that. Yep. The only problem is going to be for me is I'm keeping my old phone to use as my secondary iOS device. Sometimes I like to have a secondary device, and it's still working great, so why do anything to it? I'm only going to get like 100 bucks for it if I traded it in. I'm thinking, to me, it's a better experience to just go ahead and keep it, go ahead and get an SE, and then transfer the data. So I'm just going to make sure what lives in what case, or I'm going to be really extra confused. Yeah, you'll have to put a Braille label or something on your <laughs> Put a Braille label on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we wanted to talk about Speaking is... Speaking of phones and iOS... Exactly. Is in our last class, the April 16th class, we were talking about XM radio. And we demoed this on a recent podcast as well. I took you through and showed you the app, what it's like if you haven't played with it lately. Because there is currently still, you still have time to check it out, a free trial of XM through May 15th that you can access via the app, either for iOS, Android, or I believe Fire OS as well. However, there is another app that allows you to easily and intuitively access Sirius XM. The app is called Star Player X. Let me see how it's spelled, because I don't think it's spelled. Characters. Cap S. T. A. R. Cap P. L. A. Y. R. Cap X. X. So there's no E in player. Star right. Play R X. So this app is an app that somebody recommended because it is an alternative to the SiriusXM app. So maybe and he this... really likes it because the format of how things are laid out is a little different. And it makes it very intuitive, and it's just a different way to view the same information. And he thought it was really cool. I'm very glad he shared it with us because it is pretty neat. So I'm going to double tap the icon. Star Player X. Logging in. Categories. Heading. So it's self-voicing? Because I just heard Samantha. Only that part is self-voicing. Okay. So she goes Star Player X logging in, and it's already logged in. If it wasn't logged in, obviously you'd be prompted for your Sirius XM credentials. So I'm going to flick to the right. Music. Heading. Pop. Rock. Hip-hop slash R&B. Alternative. Artists. Christian. Country. Dance slash electronic. Family. Hard rock slash heavy metal. Jazz slash standard slash classical. And if none of this interests you, you can rotor to headings. Headings. And then you can flick down. Talk. Heading. There's your category for talk. Sports. Heading. There's sports. Other. Heading. Other. Heading not found. And that's it. So, you also have two tabs near the bottom of the screen. You've got... Other. Heading. Selected. Channels. Tab. Two of two. Your channels tab, and that's two of two, and you've got login tab one of two. Your login tab. So once you're logged in, you're going to be spending all of your time in the channels tab. Selected channels tab two of two. 
So I request that we go to jazz and something, because we haven't done anything like that in a while. Other padding sports. Top music padding. So I just flicked up to music, and I'm going to flick to the right. Pop, rock, hip-hop, alternative, artists, Christian, country, dance, slash, family, hard rock, slash, jazz, slash, standard, slash, classical. There you go. Search field. So now there's a search field you can search, or if you don't want to search because you don't know what you're looking for, which in my case I don't, <laughs> I can flick to the right. 66 watercolors, Brian Bromberg Ellen. 67 real jazz, modern jazz quartet, Ralph's new blues. So it's giving you the number of the station, the name of the station, the artist, and the song. 68 spa, Dan Chadburn stillness. 69 escape, Frank Jacksfield, the things we do for love. 71 Seriously Sinatra, Louis Prima slash Phil Harris, I Wanna Be Like You. 72 on Broadway, Green Day slash the cast of American Idiot 21 Guns, 2009. 7340s Junction, Larry Clinton V slash B. Wayne Heart and Soul. Let's find out what this is. We're going to double oh, tap. 40s Junction. Album, image, possible text, the thing we do for love, I Wanna Be Like You. Because you held me tight. Double tap to stop the music. Two finger so double tap, screen? that is. And we're going to flick to the right. Selected. Play pause button. There's your play pause, so you could have done that as well. And there's your stream there's volume. There's your slider. What was that, a slider or a volume? Stream volume, 100%. Oh, cool, stream volume. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Cool. Yep. Login, tab. One, and two. that's it. Let's go back. Stream volume selected. Album, image, one face, adult, sign, possible text. Larry Clinton, through the years. So there's the album, which is cool. Exactly. And then what was that right there? Album selected. Larry Clinton V slash B Wayne. Heart and Soul. That okay, must... there's your song. Right. And I'm going to flick to the left again. So it pretty much put us near the play pause button when we started this music. 7340s junction. Heading. There's your station number and name. Jazz slash standard slash classical. Back button. There's your category and the back and button. And your back button. Jazz slash standard slash classical. Back button. So if I hit this. Jazz slash. Selected. 7340s Junction. Larry Clinton V slash B. Wayne Heart and Soul. So it puts you back, which is one of my real annoyances in an app. This one doesn't do it. It puts you directly back where you were, which is awesome. It doesn't yes. take you to the top. Right. Which is one of the things I was complaining about pretty vociferously with the XM app. Well, you can buy this for 99 cents. Now, a couple things it does not do. It does not allow you to favorite stations. And to me, that's a problem because I like to favorite stations. Chris knows I customize everything to within an inch of its life. And I have my little group of favorites, and those are the ones I really play with a lot. Little so group not of being able to do that. <laughs> now he's making fun of me. But, yeah, I like to play with my favorites. Also, is there a way from here to get to the on-demand stations? Have we just not gone far enough in this they are to see them? Where are other, they? I believe. I, I, it's, a little, it's a little confusing oh, okay. because in the release notes for the app, it says that all of the stations aren't supported, which that may be. The so you may not get all of the, and what we mean by that is there's a whole bunch, there's at least 100 or more, quote, on-demand stations. So they're essentially playlists that you can play and enjoy and access via other stations that aren't part of the, quote, core category, that's my own name for it, of stuff that you get via the Sirius XM stations. Right, and I think, let me see real quick. Categories, back button, category. Gotta go back. Categories, heading. Now I'm going to find other. Music, talk, sports. And Chris is purposely holding this away because it's obnoxious, All. so he's just looking for this while we discuss yes. it. All other, heading. So we've got other. All. 
Let's hit all. Search field. So again, you have a search field. Right. So now we're going to flick to the right. Two serious hits, one. Post Malone circles. So, so this is Post Malone. all of your stations. Three Pandora now. Ebenezer flaws at all. Four Soul Cycle Radio. Jesse Reyes slash Eminem Coffin. So I'm going to see if I can flick up with three fingers. Rose, 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 131 to 100. So Chris is just flicking it multiple times now. 826 Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers series. Okay, you're in sports. Slash live sports. Yep. So there's live if sports. You're a, if you're a Steelers fan, there you go. 825 Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. So, they, so there's sports channels. So keep going up. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know where some of these others would be listed because I don't know if they're doing them by channel yeah. number. I assume they are. And I don't know the numbers of some of these other yeah, stations. I, I want to say like seven something. That's what I thought too. Yeah. So maybe go the other way. There's one called Velvet that I really yeah. like. That's vocalists. Focus on vocalists. What is this one called? Velvet. And Velvet is, I think, seven something. Okay, let's try this. Oh, you're going to search for it. Okay. <laughs> I think he started playing music. Velvet. Selected channels tab two selected channel category all heading velvet search field three hundred and four velvet Jordan Sparks permanent Monday so it's three oh four velvet Vel three hundred and four velvet Jordan Sparks permanent Monday and it's a Jordan Sparks song yep so I was wrong it's not seven something but I think that's one of the that's not an on demand station so I don't know if that really even fits into the same category I was trying to think there's one that's like 90s party music or something that I listen to sometimes just for nostalgia for my not so misspent youth <laughs> I yeah. think that might be an on demand there's a bunch of on demand stuff but that's cool though they we searched yeah, you for can velvet search. and you've got what you're Get looking it. for yeah yeah so if you don't care about favorites and you're cool just looking for what you want i mean that's how we used to do it we're just spoiled now with all these cool ways we can sort things that's how we used to do it with xm we always had to go to our channel number to find it favorite i think we used history. to have presets but i never figured those out because right. they weren't very accessible with whatever my little sky fi was it sky fi Skyfi or something like that. There I think Skyfi was one of the receivers. My right. Yeah, that was what I had, I think, was a Skyfi something. I still have it somewhere. But I like this because it is easier to deal with. If you don't want to mess with the regular SiriusXM app, this is only going to put you back 99 cents. And I think it's worth it to support the developer as well. Absolutely. It's worth a dollar to support a developer who's doing really nice, accessible work. If you use it once, who cares for less than the price of some fries? You can access a really cool app and support a developer doing really nice, accessible work at the same time. The price of some fries? That's right. Is that a segue? Are you craving some fries right now, perhaps? I might be. <laughs> Chris has, if the, all this is not enough, if he hasn't gotten enough goodies recently, we saved the biggest goodie for last. Tell yeah. us about it, Chris. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm gonna blame the big R. Is that the big R's fault? I don't think he went in and forced you to do anything. No, he didn't. But he had a podcast that both of us had listened to. And it was about this device. It was the episode that they did 
before interviewing us last month, which we have placed in our feed last week. So you get to hear that as well. And if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, we're speaking about Randy Resnick from the Accessibility Moving Forward podcast, which if you haven't checked out, we highly encourage you to do so because those guys are hilarious. We had so much fun hanging out with them and we definitely recommend their podcast because it's wacky and wild and full of great informative info. So they don't have lots. Very pleased. They don't have lots and lots of episodes, but what they do, they have quite a bit. I was listening to one that was just released a couple of days ago, where Randy's at an aquarium, and I learned a lot about an electric eel. I know I don't want to be near one. <laughs> they do have a lot of fun on their podcast. They have our own kind of sarcasm, so we have a lot of fun listening to them because we're kind of like that off air. Okay, we're definitely like that off air. What I did was my talking microwave that I've had for quite a number of years has decided to not microwave stuff like it used to. It's dying. Right. So I wasn't about to spend $400 on a talking microwave or close to it. And I listened to their podcast, Randy and Bill, on the Amazon Smart Oven. And I've been kind of thinking about this oven for a little while. And we all know Chris needs another Amazon appliance in his house. Definitely. Why not? I ended up measuring it and I thought, I don't really have a place for this thing because it's so big. And by measuring it, I was measuring the spaces where I thought it would be. So I measured by the measurements on the website and I thought, okay, well, this isn't going to fit, but I kind of want it anyways. I'll put it somewhere where it will fit. I'll find a place for it, I suppose. I got it, and I thought, you know, it's not as big as they said it was. At least it didn't feel like it. So I put it where my original microwave was, and other than a little bit wider from front to back and a little bit longer from left to right, I was more concerned about the height. For me, it's not a problem. You just have to keep that in mind. I also got a Braille overlay for the panel on the smart oven. So you have different things like you have a start and pause button that's labeled in Braille. There's one with an ER sign and then an R and that is, it's an ER and then an S. So it's an ER sign and then the letter S and that's enable remote start. So you can actually enable remote start for the microwave oven. It is a four-in-one oven for those that don't know. So you can bake, you can microwave, you can reheat, and you can air fry. It's got a keep warm function, you can roast stuff in it, and online there is a plethora of food items that you can use in this. So it's particularly good for those of you who don't like to cook, don't have a lot of time to cook, and or would prefer to just grab something and cook it really quick or at least cook it without having to do very much to it, utilizing an A-Lady device. Or you have buttons on the oven. Chris mentioned that overlay. That can help you with those. That can assist you in doing things manually, too, if you wish to. Absolutely, but I like to talk to my stuff. We know. So what you can do is you can give it commands, and using your Echo devices, you can ask it things like, when will my food be ready? And it will tell you that. It will say the smart oven or something will be finished at, and then it gives you the time. It doesn't say within 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Now, when I first heard the message, I didn't really care for that way of doing that where it gives me the time. 
But then I thought about it. And I thought, you know, I kind of like the time better because, you know, if you're walking around doing something and you have a watch on or your phone on, you can just check the time and say, oh, in one minute it'll be ready. So you can do those kinds of things. You can ask it for the temperature of the oven and it will tell you the temperature of the oven. So if you're preheating something, for example, you can ask it what the temperature of the oven is and it will tell you. So you know if it's supposed to be 350 and it's at 295, you know you still got a little bit of ways to go. What it will do though too is it will send you notifications to let you know, like if you're cooking something that needs a preheat, it'll tell you when the preheat is done and then you put your food in and you hit the start button. Or in the case of a burger, you had an experience today Yes, where you tell it to bake hamburger, and you have to be specific because there's a bunch of stuff. You can't say bake burger. So what you do is you say bake hamburger, and then if you don't add how many burgers you want to bake, it will ask you how many burgers do you want to bake, and you say one or two. It can go up to four. Then it automatically starts the oven for you. In that case, you put it in and give it the command, and it magically starts the oven for you. So let's take a little trip to Chris's kitchen and make some fries. So we have switched. I am now in my kitchen in front of the Amazon oven. And again, it's a little bit bigger than my original talking microwave, which is fine. On the oven itself, I've got my Braille label, my Braille overlay. And you do have to install that. You do. It doesn't come on it. So you do that and it's easy. It's not hard. No, if you can follow like three instructions. (laughs) Even Chris could do it, so it's okay. You guys can handle it. Exactly. So we've got like AIR, A-I-R for air fryer. You've got M-W. I'm not sure what that means. I mean, some of the stuff you have to learn what it means. There's CV for convection, and there's a bunch of other ones here. There's actually a little button on here too that you can press that button and there's a specific echo that gets paired to the device and you can pair it to that device so you don't have to say the magic word. So if you don't want to say the magic word, you can just press that button. And I don't know which echo this button is set up for because what happens is with today's Amazon devices, if you have one set up your Wi-Fi and saved it to your Amazon account for some reason in the past, maybe you have one Amazon echo, device and it says would you like to save your wi-fi settings you say yes and it saves your wi-fi settings to your amazon account moving forward that makes setting up your other amazon devices a breeze so when you're checking out if you don't specify that it's a gift it wants to link it with your amazon account which is cool with me because you don't have to go through any setup process at that point. So what I initially did was I initially pulled the oven out of the box and put it on the counter, plugged it in, walked away, and it literally found my Wi-Fi because my settings were saved to Amazon. It found my account because it was registered to my account, and it just happily decided to connect to the internet and do whatever it needed to do. It set itself up. It works the same way with other Amazon devices or other ALEXA devices because this oven came with a free Echo Dot, third generation Echo Dot. So when you plug that thing in, 
She makes her happy little noise. She says, you know, you'll need to set up your dot. And then she says something like, getting your device online. Your device is now online. So you didn't have to do anything, plug it in the wall. So the setup process was quite nice. You didn't need to scan a barcode or anything like that. Apparently, you're supposed to scan a barcode within the oven to connect it to your Amazon account if it's not already done so. So my suggestion is, unless you're giving it to somebody as a gift, to make the setup process as easy as literally plugging it in, I would register it to your Amazon account. Okay, that leads me to a question, though. How do you get it to connect to a particular Echo device? During your checkout process, it actually lists all of your Echo devices and you pick the Echo device that you want. That's very handy. Yeah, well, that's not going to work. Like for this new one, it's not going to work for this new one unless it automatically... New Echo? Yes, the one that I got with it, the bundle. Uh-huh. I don't think it's going to. I think if I understand correctly, this thing might be connected to my Echo Show, that button. I don't right, know. Right, but it connected somehow automatically to that, or did you pick that at checkout as the one you wanted to connect to? During checkout is the one I wanted to connect to. So if you already have something in your kitchen, the rational thing to do, unless you want to use the new dot with it, which you might, but if you already have one, you can connect to it. Like, I would connect mine to kitchen dot, because I do have a dot in my kitchen already. Now, the problem is, my dot is a second gen. Is that even going to work? It should work. Because I think my original Echo that I got so many umpteen years ago that didn't have all these cool features when we got it, I think I can connect to that as well. I know I can at least control the oven from any Echo. So the button thing is just for a specific Echo if you don't want to see So that's the only difference. So the button thing is for, for instance, your show. Yes. But you, if you already have something in your kitchen, which I assume you do, you've got your new one right in the kitchen now. Yes. You can ask it to do anything and it'll still do it. Yes, that's okay. correct. All right. So let's bake something. So it comes with your standard glass microwave tray that you don't want to drop on the floor and smash. That's called a carousel. <laughs> it is, but you don't want to do that. Underneath it, definitely don't. There's a little plastic ring that you set into the microwave and then you put the glass tray over the ring. Well, the and ring it, makes it turn. I mean, that's your carousel yes. turner thing, whatever the yep, tech that's right. term for that is. Right, exactly. There is no tech term for Well, that. your plate is the carousel. Right. It comes with, and you want to make sure that you read the instructions because it tells you what, it tells you first of all what it comes with. So it comes with two kind of wire trays. One is higher than the other. The one that's higher than the other you use for the air fryer and the baking. Yeah, that's your rack. Your right. racks. Mm-hmm. And then there's an right, there's another rack too, which has shorter feet. But I can't remember what that one does or what it's used for. I've only had this thing for like twelve hours. So I'm kind of learning as I go along. It also comes with a plate or a dish, you know, a cooking dish that you can put stuff in to cook. Now, you want to make sure that you put stuff in your oven that will fit, obviously, because the oven will turn. Even though it's a convection oven, your plate will turn. And it could make some pretty weird noises in there if you put the wrong size in there. It might be trying to spin a square plate or something that might be too big. So that's kind of how that works. So what we're going to do is we're 
going to air fry some fries, and we're not going to let you listen to the entire air frying process because it we'll might... edit it out for you. Yeah, because it might be a little bit too long or whatever. So what we're going to do is we're going to open these fries. That's probably enough. So what are you doing with those fries, Chris? I am putting them on the plate. And then you take the plate, you put it in the oven, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to put anything on top of the oven. So what you do is then you put the plate, by plate, I'm talking about the cooking plate, not like a dinner plate, plate that it came with. I'm putting it on the rack with the larger feet, which is sitting on the glass spinning tray thingy. That's the technical term. Right. Now we close the door. Now, does the door open from the it's, front or down? How? What are we looking at in terms of door? It's a standard microwave door. Okay, it's got, so it's more like a microwave door than a convection door, which is yes. what I was wondering about. It is a microwave door. Okay. Not a door that flips down. Flips it, down, which is what I was thinking of. Okay. It swings to the left. So your handle is... On the right. Right, yes. So you oh you So now it's all nice and closed. Air fry frozen French fries. What's the volume of frozen French fries? One. Sorry, the unit is not supported by that food item. Please try again by using a unit of volume. Air fry frozen French fries, one cup. For how long? I don't know. Ten minutes? <laughs> Air frying for ten minutes at five <laughs> degrees. At how much? 395 degrees. And you may be able to hear... The convection oven or air fryer doing its thing in ten minutes probably is too short for this. So it's air frying. And that was one of my complaints or my annoyances with this is an air fryer is supposed to take a very brief amount of time to do something that you would do frying something or baking something. And air frying is supposed to do it faster with less grease, less calories, etc. This air fryer is not one of those. If you're buying it for the air fryer, don't. Don't. What they say on their website even is that the air fryer in this thing is going to take more time than your standard air fryer. So if air frying is your thing, you may still want to either use your existing air fryer, put up with the... Much uh, longer wait time. Exactly. Or get an additional air fryer. So if you're already spending that kind of money and you can wait, I would suggest just waiting a little bit extra to get your meal. Hello. When will my food be ready? First oven will finish cooking at 10.30 a.m. So there's your time that he was talking about earlier. I'm going to do Chris a favor and see how long we're actually supposed to do these frozen fries. Stop first oven. Okay. Clear first oven. I don't know how to set first oven to that setting. So I just did a Google search that says how long to air fry frozen French fries in Amazon Smart Oven. Let's see what I get. Try for 16. Let's see what happens to them. I don't think you'll kill them at 16, especially in that thing. Yeah, and they're still frozen. Well, we could try 16 minutes, I guess. Air fry frozen French fries. 
What's the volume of frozen French fries? One cup. Air frying one cup of frozen French fries. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe it didn't recognize me the first time. But that time she didn't even tell you the degree. No, she did not. That's what I mean. It's a preset. How much time is left on my... There are no timers set. <laughs> when will my food be ready? First oven will finish cooking at 10.57 a.m. That's more like it. So you can also ask her for the temperature of your oven, which would be interesting to know. What is the temperature of the oven? It's at 244 degrees Fahrenheit. So the first time we did this, it must have misrecognized my command because it didn't ask for the temperature and it didn't ask for the duration either. It didn't ask for one of those two things. I think it was duration that it asked for the first time. So I bet it misrecognized my command. But it didn't ask you for temperature. It said its own temperature because it said what it was. Right. Because I had to ask you because I was speaking over it. Yes. So I guess now we wait until the time that it just stated and we'll see what happens as we get close to the end of this little experiment. So we're back. Chris forgot to tell you a couple things about the oven that he wanted to share. Yeah, the one thing that I did want to share is that it also comes with a temperature probe for your meats, which is very cool. But you're not making meat right now. You're making taters. I am. <laughs> and it's almost done. So we'll it's see getting what... there, yeah. Does it smell good in there? Yeah. Yummy. What is the temperature of the oven? It's at 395 degrees Fahrenheit. So what's going to happen is when the food is done, all of the echoes are going to announce. That's cool. So wherever you are in your house, if you've got an echo nearby, you'll know. Food's done. Right, and it's for the warming, too, if you have to preheat your stuff. It'll tell you that your preheat oven is preheated, and then it'll tell you that you can start one. So put your food in and start one. It's on the lower right-hand corner of the machine. And they're not buttons. They're technically microwave-style membrane, so it's not a physical button like you might see on a Which is the other reason the overlay is nice. Right. Even if you can't read the braille, it would be probably nice to have these overlays so that you can figure out where So we're going to shut up now because we're getting real close. And you can hear the oven right there, too. I hope. Perfect timing. So, I got the echo announcements. You got four beeps on the oven. Right. And I also got an alert on my iOS device. Did your so watch buzz, too? It did not, but that I That was a joke. <laughs> well, it would have or should have if I was connected to my echo Amazon account on the watch. Oh, maybe there it is. Oh, maybe it did. Did it? I was actually kidding about that, so that's cool. I didn't think about that. Of course, you can put the app on the watch. No, it did not. Okay, but that was something else. There must be just the way that I did the transfer. I probably have to log into the Amazon app. So. So your oven stops automatically. You don't actually have to stop anything, right? Right, that's correct. Oh. What you want to do is you want to be careful. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Your top of your oven is extremely hot. So when you're reaching for it, reach a little bit down lower. When you're reaching for the handle, reach a little bit lower down. 
rather than what I almost did was reach up towards the top and I'm touching the top edge. Literally. That's good form if you're looking for anything hot. Reach lower automatically, even if you know it's sitting something sitting on the counter and you know it's warm. Reach down lower, go up to it versus going down to it. Right, exactly. So just a it. little safe living tip. And now that was a beep when you opened the door. Yes, just to let you know that your food is ready or it's the first time. So if I close the door and then I open it again, you're not going to hear the beep. That's so you cool. you only get the beep the first time. Now let's see if we can hear the prize. I can, but you I can't. can't. No. So are they steamy? Yeah, I think so. So we're going to do the smart thing, which is to get an oven mitt. And we are going to grab the plate with the oven mitt out of the, and I'm trying to pull it out without pulling out the rack as well. So you got to be careful about that kind of stuff too. So lift up gradually on the thing that you're actually holding. That'll make sure you're not putting pressure on the rack and knock the whole thing out of your oven, which would be very bad. Well, it's not even that. You can actually grab the edge of the plate with the rack as well. So you want to be careful. You can actually grab it. So yeah, I'm sure you could because it's a rack. You can right. grab one of the points on the rack. So safety first, guys. Safety first. We know you want to eat whatever you just made, but let's be careful. I want to eat what I just made. <laughs> I'm sure you do. What'd you get, curly fries or something? They're steak fries. Oh, they're steak fries? Yeah. So, on that note, we are going to wish you guys a wonderful two weeks, and we shall see you... In May! We're reaching May. We're reaching... Wow. Yes. So, we yes. We will see you very soon. Thanks, as always, for joining us. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.